Welcome to the Philippe Matthews Show at thepmshow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen, Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features entertainers, bestsellers, authors, thought leaders, change agents, and world-class experts in the field of personal, spiritual, and professional development. An internet marketing entrepreneur, Philippe is the creator of the How Movement, dedicated to teaching people how to move from the mindset of hope to the process of how. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, move from the mindset of why to the mindset of why not. Tune in right now to this latest latest edition of the Philippe Matthews Show, and watch your life grow. We're back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Philippe Matthews Show. I am super-duper excited, completely stoked, overwhelmed that I have uh, one of my uh, uh, idols on the uh, call with me today. Uh, His name is Dr. Eric Pearl. Uh, Many of you know him uh, from the reconnection. You saw him on Dr. Oz. This is the unequivocal guy that... uh, Deepak Chopra and Wayne Dyer says is the real deal when it comes to uh, healing without uh, ever touching. Uh, and uh, I am just so excited to have you on the call today. How are you, my friend? Hey, I'm great, and thank you. What a wonderful, kind introduction. Well, it's all true. We've been following you for a number of years. And uh, so let's get into the meat and potatoes here for those people who uh, maybe have been sleeping under some kind of rock and haven't heard of you. Uh, Let's talk about uh, reconnective healing. Uh, You have a phenomenal book that, that accompanies your work. But let's talk about what is reconnective healing. Well, reconnective healing is what, Many researchers feel is a, a new level of healing that we have not previously been able to access because we have been doing energy healing, Reiki, Jirage, and Shin, Shigang, Mahjong, Beijing, all the old techniques, all the new techniques. Mm-hmm. And by virtue of focusing in on a technique, we very acutely access different portions or subsets of the energy that's been here because everything's been energy. What reconnective healing allows us to do is, A, to transcend the limitations of our complex techniques to access the entirety of the energy here without having to learn any of those complicated uh, techniques or fear-based rituals. And then it expands beyond energy itself into the spectrum of light and information that many people in the research field feel that they have not seen here on the planet before. It allows us to reconnect with our original fullness as the truth, the essence of the being, the soul, you could say, that we are, that we experience in between lifetimes when we all go to that light that we all, you know, come from, we all return to. And yet it allows us to manifest in that consciousness and that perfect health here on Earth. Well, this is fascinating because um, what I'm hearing is that you have tapped into, uh, for lack of a better term, a pure uh, uh, stream, if you will, uh, of, of consciousness because, you know, many people have practiced some of the Eastern uh, methodologies of Qi or learning Qigong and how to move energy and and those various different types of things. What you're saying is, is that this is a completely different modality or, or a higher level of energy that we're dealing with. Is that correct? 
I would say you, you can't say it's different because it incorporates and includes everything that we're able to access okay. through the, old, the new energy healing techniques. It's simply more comprehensive. You know, if we look at, let's say uh, you have a blue thread and a green thread and a purple thread and a gold thread, they're all wonderful, but when they're woven together with other threads into this huge, gorgeous tapestry, the tapestry isn't different than the threads, is it? The tapestry is simply a more comprehensive spectrum that includes the threading that we've had up till now. Mm, okay, okay. All right. So so how does this differ then, uh, you know, from some of these esoteric terms of remote healing? Um, uh, Deepak Chopra uses the term of non-locality. Um, where does, uh, where does uh, some of our traditional uh, higher end, I guess, you know, esoteric ways of, of, of viewing remote uh, healing come into play when we're talking about reconnected healing? Is it well, the same as the tapestry as you, you alluded to earlier? Yes. I think what, when you're speaking of remote healing, I, I think you're speaking of distance healing, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're, you're in one place and you're working on someone who's in a different part of the world. Sure. Distance healing. Reconnective healing can be done via distance as well. As a matter of fact, I, I've, uh, you know, the, the book that I've written is called The Reconnection, Heal Others, Heal Yourself. It's in 36 different languages. Um, as an international bestseller, I've trained over 75,000 people in full weekend seminars how to do this work. And when we teach this work, on uh, it's usually on a Friday night for three hours, all day Saturday and all day Sunday. And mm-hmm. part of what we do on Sunday afternoon includes teaching you how to do distance healing and self-healing. But really... Well, since we're on this train, let me let me back up a little. Here's the way <laughs> the seminars go, because I'm on the road about 45 weeks a year all wow. around the world teaching this work. And what usually happens at our seminars is that we give a three-hour presentation on that Friday night okay. where we talk about the history, the theory, the philosophy, the science. Um, we bring up volunteers from the office to get from the audience to give live demonstrations of the healing, so you can actually witness them right in front of you, and maybe even experience it yourself or with a friend of yours. And we give everyone an opportunity for you to feel this in your hands because it's a very easy to feel, highly distinctly palpable sensation. But Saturday and Sunday of that weekend is very different. It's a real working seminar, and I warn people. I say, listen. Don't come, and I mean it. Don't come if you think that we're all going to sit around, hold hands, om, sing, kumbaya, my Lord, burn, <laughs> worship crystals. It won't happen. <laughs> what happens is, is I sit, you know, or I stand on the stage. Uh, there's a massage table that I demonstrate a level of the healing on. Then we all go to massage tables. One person might lie down on a massage table. Maybe you'll stand at the head of a massage table. I will walk throughout the room, so will our internationally trained team of teaching assistants. We will take your hands, work with you, guide you to be able to find these new frequencies, to feel them, and as you do, you will start to witness the person on the table. 
go into involuntary movements. Maybe their eyes rapidly dart back and forth or involuntary muscles in their face begin to pull at their eyebrows or their lips. Mm -hmm. Then Mm -hmm. we'll show you how to feel something else. You'll start to see their arms jerk or their legs jerk or bodies move in different ways. And you'll begin to recognize how to tune into different feelings, different sensations, different portions of this expanded healing frequency, and you'll see the changes in response and results that you see in the person on your table. Then we go back to the chairs. We talk about what we just learned, discuss some of the philosophy, have some question and answer, demonstrate a new level of the work, go back to the massage tables again. And we pretty much continue this format throughout that Saturday and Sunday. But by the end of that Sunday, if you're there, by the end of that Sunday, I can pretty much make you two promises, which are, A, you will be able to do anything and everything in the way of healing that I can do. And, B, you will be able to do anything and everything in the way of healing that any human being anywhere on this planet can do, no matter how many techniques they've mastered, whether you know healing techniques, whether you don't know healing techniques, whether they were raised by monks in a cave in a mountaintop in Tibet, it makes no difference because this allows us to access our fullest human potential, that nothing can bring us beyond our potential because our potential is the optimal level that we're here to achieve. Absolutely amazing. Now, the question, of course, comes to, uh, to comes to mind is, how did you uh, come across this uh, practice? Uh, because you're a chiropractor by trade, is that right? My license, yeah, my profession, my license is a doctor of chiropractic, and that's what I was practicing for 12 years before this started. I don't practice that now, but I, I do maintain the license. Okay. What happened was I was... Um, you know, sometimes I, I jokingly I say to people, I went home on a Thursday night thinking I was a doctor. I came back in on a Monday and I was something else. My parents always told me that I was something else, but this is true. shining, shining through my eyes. I opened my eyes to see what in the world it could be, and it wasn't anything that on first glance would appear spiritual or metaphysical. It was just a lamp next to my bed somehow managed to turn itself on. Now, I had had that lamp for a good 10 years. It hadn't selected any other propitious occasion to self-ignite, but just the same there it was. And at the same time, I had the clear feeling or awareness that it just felt as if I had been being watched, that someone had been watching me, maybe someone was in my home. I I, I can't explain what it felt like. All I can tell you is that I, I got up very bravely with a knife, a can of pepper spray, and my Doberman Pinscher, and I went hunting through the house. Wow. After a while, yeah, really, because I didn't know who was there. And after a while of um, looking, I finally decided it had to be my imagination, and I went back to sleep, even though it didn't feel like my imagination. Well, that Monday, when I went into my office, seven of my patients, seven of my patients, totally independently of one another and without being aware of what I had experienced, started telling me that while they were lying on the massage, on the chiropractic table after I adjusted them, resting with their eyes closed, that they felt people in the room watching them. They felt hands on them. They felt hands underneath as if they were lying resting on people's hands. Um, as I held my hands near them, they could tell me where my hands were. Even if I held my hands aimed at them from several feet or yards away, their mm-hmm. bodies would go into involuntary twitching and movements. Their eyes would dart back and forth when they would open their eyes. 
They told me that they were seeing colors that they'd never in their life seen. They were smelling flowers they'd never smelled before. And they started reporting healings, real healings. Many of them were getting up out of wheelchairs, vision and hearing returning. Patients were coming in during the week reporting laboratory, showing me laboratory results where their cancer tumors had vanished. Children with cerebral palsy and epilepsy were able to walk and run and play and speak normally, not have seizures any longer, not require medications. Not every single person, of course. Just as with medicine, just as with medicine, nothing gives 100% of the same results to everyone, but enough people that we knew that something significant was occurring. My mm-hmm. patients would call, their doctors would call, they'd ask, what did you do? I said, I didn't do anything and don't tell anybody, which went over about as big as Nancy Reagan just trying to say no to drugs <laughs> or whatever she was. And soon people, started, yeah, soon people started coming in from everywhere going, I'll have what she had. <laughs> and the next thing we know, the next thing we know, um, people are saying, "Teach this," and I said, "Teach it! You've got to be crazy!" I'm standing here, waving my hand before I hit the button to open it. I walked inside. My lap or my TV started turning itself on and off and on and off. I felt sensations in my hands. I would hold my hands near someone in my family, and suddenly my grandfather could walk after the stroke, and my aunt regained her hearing. And we began to realize, began to recognize that. Once you interact with this new, more comprehensive, expanded healing spectrum of energy, light, and information, something changes within us, within you, that not only allows us to access our own healings, but allows us to facilitate healings for others. Now, surely after this uh, happened to you, uh, I don't know what the time frame was uh, uh, before you uh, uh, began to teach it, but clearly you had to have uh, developed some level of languaging for it. Uh, did you do any kind of study or were you guided to any type of study um, prior to uh, teaching it, taking it seriously and, and manifesting it in the world in the form that it is now? Well, I didn't teach it for several years. I just, I practiced it maybe 10 hours a day, six days a week. People were coming in from all around the world. And so I I learned to observe it, to witness it, to be the seer and the seen in the process, to listen to it, to see it, and discover what it was. Now, I will say that I had no background, no study or anything in healing prior to this occurring. It wasn't something I anticipated. But I did start reading um, a number of books on healing and other things in, in related fields. I even took a seminar or two to see what was being taught out there. And, what I, and I went everywhere looking for answers, and people came to me who I didn't even ask offering insights and answers. But what I began to discover is that no one really understood this. Everyone tried to describe it by trying to fit it into their limited box of understanding from their perspective. Mm-hmm. 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 You know, they, they tried to say, oh, it works because of Kundalini. But that's not true. This is so mm-hmm. huge. That, by the way, the Kundalini fires up. They say, oh, it works because you're balancing the chakras. That's not true. This is so huge that, by the way, 
the chakras come into balance, etc. So this this is something much grander, apparently, it feels, than we've experienced before, at least than anyone was able to interpret. So everyone gave mm-hmm. me help and assistance. They'd say, you know, move your hands clockwise or move them counterclockwise or carry these crystals or wear this around your neck or around this chakra and, and shake the negative energy off and spray it off with alcohol and pull imaginary zippers. And the more of these things that I did the less and less the healings came about. And at a certain point in time, I began to recognize that every time, every time we introduce a protection into the equation, we're introducing fear. Every Mm. time we introduce a step or procedure, we're introducing control. Mm-hmm. Every time we add something to ourselves to make ourselves better healers, we are telling ourselves we are less than abundantly enough. And as I observed this further, I began to recognize that, you know, every choice we make, every action that we take comes either from fear, lack, limitation, the illusion of separation or darkness, or it comes from love, prosperity, Oneness, unity, light, and abundance. And we cannot give a gift that we are unwilling to accept or receive ourselves. We cannot stand in fear, protecting ourselves in in flames and shaking off negative energy and facilitate healings that reside in love. We cannot... Now, you bring up a good point. You bring up a good point, Doc. Is it something that um, when you have someone who has a chronic illness, a chronic pain, whatever the ailment is... Do they have to believe in the healing in order for the healing to occur? Well, if you're ready for the answer, it's no. Wow. When these healings first started, think about it. Just think. When these healings first started, my patients were coming in to see a chiropractor, and I thought I was one. You can't really double-blind a study a whole lot better than that, can you? Right, right. There was no hope, there was no belief, there was no anticipation, there was no positive visualization or reinforcement, nothing. And it just happened. What's interesting is that later on, when word of this got out, people started flying in from all around the world. And I would often find myself walking into a room about to do a healing session with someone sitting there with a scowl on their face, arms folded across their chest, saying to me, I just want you to know that I don't believe in this. And I wouldn't be here if my husband or wife didn't make me come. Mm -hmm. I think you're a quack for doing it, and blah, blah, blah. And I would say to them, well, you know what? You don't need to believe in it. You know, uh, you've already spent your time and money. You've flown here to Los Angeles for a week or whatever. Believe it or not, worse things do happen to some people. So why don't you say to yourself, maybe it's garbage and maybe it isn't, but whatever it is, it's a unique opportunity to lie down and rest your eyes for half an hour in the middle of the day, so shut up and take it. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm asking you a series of questions because this is interesting. I'm asking you a series of questions kind of to to uh, discount or minimize the naysayers. This also but, but, is but, not... Wait, wait, wait. Do, do, me, do me a favor, Will. Let me, let me just finish this one point. It'll just sure, take me about sure. four or five more sentences. So those people who didn't believe in it would have the healings. The people who didn't have the healings were the people who came in believing in it too much. The ones who said, oh, I read every book on healing. I'm sleeping with the crystals under my mattress. What? Because they were so attached 
to needing the healing, that that over-belief system, that attachment constricted or became the limitation of what flowed through. But the people who did not believe in it, well, it's hard to be attached to something you don't believe it exists in the first place. So the healing came through. In other words... That's amazing. Yeah, this has nothing to do with faith, hope, or belief. Faith, healing... So the actual out... So having uh, the outcome or being attached to a particular outcome actually harms the situation more so than helps it. It becomes, I wouldn't use the harm word. I would say it becomes the limitation. Wow. That's powerful, Doc. Think of it this way. Are you sitting in front of a desk or a table or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So pick up an object. Tell me what you're holding. Uh, I am holding uh, my mouse. <laughs> okay. Put, place, the mouse, place the mouse on the table and let go. Now, the table caught the mouse, didn't it? Right. Because the table just is. And I can pretty much promise you that the mouse does not believe in the table. <laughs> okay. We don't have to believe in something for it to exist. This is this is fantastic. I mean, uh, I, I'm really loving what I'm hearing. Uh, and can't wait to experience it because I know you're coming to... Uh, 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 the uh, uh, hometown of the Philippe Matthews show here in Sacramento. I want to talk about that, but oh, I also yeah, want to ask. Sir. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to uh, can't wait to uh, uh, have you here. Um, We're doing four seminars in the United States this year. So, wow! Uh, wow! So. We're doing, I, I think the first one is in Miami, May 17th through 19th. Yours okay. in Sacramento is the second one. It's June 21 through 23. Right. We're also doing Denver, September 13th through 15, and Newport Beach, November 1 through 3. Now, this is not um, a, a form where of, of like hypnotherapy where people go under and, and uh, wow. uh, you know, experience some type of hypnotic healing or what have you. This is a completely different thing. Is that, is, uh, I'm, I'm, mouse? No, I'm not into that. Well, there it is. <laughs> no, the healing just is. Major, major scientific research studies around the world on reconnective healing, its existence, what it does, what makes it so very different than energy healing, because the results with reconnective healing often tend to be fairly instantaneous as opposed to those with energy healing, and usually they last for a lifetime, so you don't have to go back again and again and again for more. Uh, that was another question that I was going to have. Normally these kind of modalities that you hear about, you have to go back again and again to get a reboot, refresh, you know, that sort of thing. Is this something that is pretty much a, a one-off? Once you receive the healing, that healing usually lasts for your lifetime. Now, don't get me wrong. You could receive a healing and walk out in the middle of the street and get hit by a bus. Guess what? You might want another healing. <laughs> okay. But uh, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. For instance, um, for instance, on the Dr. Oz show, they brought in a woman who um, I believe that she was a flight attendant, had a flight injury, if I remember accurately, for about 10 years. And if she was standing um, with her arm hanging to her side and you asked her to bring her arm out to raise it up over her head, she could only move her arm about a foot away from her body, from her head. Mm -hmm. She couldn't mm -hmm. even bring it up parallel to the ground for 10 
years, putting on a coat or shampooing her hair was a major ordeal with which she needed help. Mm-hmm. And we let her feel this in her hands for just a few seconds. She immediately regained full range of motion of her arms, pain-free. Dr. Oz couldn't say anything except, I'm flabbergasted. And this was about two months ago, and she just flew out to Los Angeles recently, and we spoke on the phone. She came to visit me just to show me how she has perfect full range of motion. Wow, wow, how amazing is that? Yeah, and this how is amazing is that? you'll see. This is usually what you'll see. The healings tend to be lifelong. That doesn't make you impervious to life. You know, if, if a piano drops off the roof of an apartment building and lands on your head, you might need something else. Sure, of course. Now, now uh, let me ask you this, Doc. Um, I'm sure you've done, you know, been taking quite a few notes and done a lot of research and homework on on all of the patients that you have uh, that, that you have seen and that you have helped and that you have healed. Now, I would assume that time ago. that pardon me. I said I actually stopped doing private sessions um, at somewhere around 2000, so I don't really, you know, hold on. No, well, not necessarily private sessions. What, I, what I'm asking is, is that I would assume that some people who maybe have had uh, some type of chronic pain or illness, uh, that when they are healed, that it will have res- a residual effect on other areas of their lives. In other words, when you heal uh, this albatross on their, uh, that's been with them all around their neck for the, all these years, all of a sudden, do you, do you get stories back from people on how it has affected their entire life or other areas of their life? Healings, you know, to do a healing, picture that you're dropping a pebble into the water. How many ripples are there and how far do they continue to expand? The healing is that first, is that pebble drop in the water, and then come mm-hmm. all the ripple effects with it. We find that this work throws you onto your life course often faster than you had in mind. It changes the way people interact with you. I have people come into me and they say, gee, you know, ever since I've had healing, something's been really strange with a lot of the people at my office. They've all become so friendly. I wonder what happened to them. Mm-hmm. What happened to them? It, it was your session, but... I'll give you an example. Let me let me give you an example of how difficult it is to count ripples. There's a movie out called The, the Living Matrix, and the opening of that movie is the story of um, a five-year-old child who was – I was getting off stage while this child was being carried up by the crowd to see me in a presentation that I gave at a small amphitheater in in Greece. And um, they asked if I would work on him, and I said that I would. And they, he had cerebral palsy, severe cerebral palsy. He couldn't walk. His toes could touch the ground, but his heels couldn't. He couldn't stand without holding on to people or furniture. His arms would hang in that palsy fashion. He was unable to speak. And um, they took off his leg braces and his shoes, and they placed them on the massage table. And I started to do a little healing with him, not for more than maybe four minutes, before the people who ran the venue, the amphitheater, said, we're shutting off the lights, we're closing, you have to leave. And that child got off the table, walked down the stairs by himself, and ascended the entire staircase of this miniature amphitheater, not once but twice. 
They brought him back to see me the following week. I have a reason for telling you this story. They brought him back to see me the following week. He said, look what I can do. I can run. And he ran down the hallway of the hotel where I was staying, and he came back. He said, I can stand on one leg and spin in a complete circle, and he did. And then he said, and I can open my right hand. I didn't realize that all of his life he was completely unable to open his right hand, and now he had full use of it. He said, I can hug my, hug my parents like a big boy with both arms now. And wow. then suddenly what became clear was that he was speaking, and everyone could understand him except me because it was in Greek for the first time in his life. Now that could be the end of that story, but we're not talking about that. You're talking about effects of healings. So it turns out that I share that story in an interview. The people filming, uh, making um, the interview, want to make a movie. They decide to film him. Well, for a year back and forth, the parents agree, and then the father says no, and then they agree, then the father says no, then they agree, then the father says no. They finally come out and film the boy. The father takes off, won't be around at the filming at all, refuses to come home until afterwards, and that's the end of the movie filming part. So the movie is having its premiere in London. I invite the family out thinking that the father won't come, but he does come. Mm. When he sees me, he said to me, you know, I did not want little Demetrius to be in this movie, his son. I didn't want to accept that he had the healing because if I believed that he had the healing, then I would have to live with the fear that any given morning I might wake up and it might be gone. Sometimes we want something so much, we're afraid to see it ourselves. But that's mm-hmm. not the end of the ripple effect. Do you know the intensity around allowing Demetrius to be in this movie reached such a point that the family almost divorced over it? Now, no one almost divorces over one thing. So obviously there were many things not functioning smoothly that that family was willing to divorce about it. But instead, they went through the movie. The mother has become a practitioner. They came through this. And now they're the most loving, functional family unit around in that city. And who had the healing? The child thinks and feels and acts more clearly, so he interacts his life more clearly, so his school is better. The family relationship has changed, and they have loved one another in a different manner. Where does the healing ripple stop? How many people has it affected? Because now the mother's become a practitioner. So she is introducing this level of healing to people in her community in Greece. Wow, Where that's absolutely amazing. Yeah. That's a, well, speaking of ripple effects, obviously, you train people how to do this. Walk us through that process so people, when they come to uh, this seminar, uh, they can know uh, what are the levels, what to expect, and how far they can take this in their lives. So obviously, if someone just wants to do it for themselves, uh, they will learn how to do that, but you actually can teach people how to do this and uh, make a career of this or work with you and in, 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 in your uh, institute. Talk about uh, becoming a practitioner and how does that work? Well, um, as we talked about earlier in the interview, we showed you how we demonstrate the work, and then mm-hmm. we have one teaching assistant for about every 18 or 20 people, give or take, at the seminar. So you've got someone standing and working with you at the massage table where you are pretty much at all times, and I walk through the rooms, we teach you how to do this. And by the end of the weekend, you can do this work. You are able to do this work. Now, if you want 
to become a professional at it, you really do need to attend the seminar. You can learn how to access this work on a basic level yourself simply from reading the book. The book has a basic how-to to mm-hmm. it, but it does allow you to call yourself a reconnective healing practitioner or a professional dentist. Mm-hmm. You really do have to learn one-on-one to get appropriate guidance, but you can take better care of your own hair and better care of your own teeth from reading those books, and mm-hmm. you can take better care of your health and your family's immediate health from reading the books. So you can access this on a personal level. You can become a professional, and we even have a woman who works with us named Pat Batanis, who has had about 35 years or so in the field of teaching doctors, chiropractors, dentists, medical doctors, et cetera, how to set up and establish integrity-based successful healing practices to help you, whether you want to set up just a home practice or whether you want to set up a larger practice on yourself of how to become a healing professional. Unbelievable. Fantastic. So, uh, you know, so are you... Are you our uh, America's uh, version of John of God? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> I certainly hope not. <laughs> I, hope, I, hope I'm, I hope I'm me. As a matter of fact, you know, people would say to me, writing that book was very difficult for me because I've never been the studious type. I, I read as few books as I needed to to just get by in school. Uh, <laughs> I, I study. I wasn't organized. So writing this book was not easy for me. And when I finished writing The Reconnection, people would say to me, you know, when's your next book coming out? And I said, when I recover from writing this one. Well, that lasted <laughs> a couple of years. Then people continued to ask, when's your next book coming out? And I said, when I have something else to say. Meanwhile, read this one over a few times. But uh, one of the things I that we do didn't talk about something out right now. Yeah. <laughs> one of the Go things ahead. we didn't talk about, which makes sense, you can also heal if you can heal other people. Wouldn't this apply to pets and animals? Of course, Pe- animals are people in fur suits. Life is life, and love is love. I love it. I love it. That's absolutely and- right. I mean, we teach seminars called Reconnective Animals, but, you know, people think they're going to learn a special way to heal animals. No, it's just how to deal and interact with animals to make them the most relaxed and comfortable and receptive to receiving the healing. So the, the point I was trying to get at before is there is, don't go looking for a second or a third book on healing that I'm going to write because I'm not. It's all in that book. Read it two or three times. Mm. There is a second book that will be out released in May. You can already pre-order it. It's called Solomon Seeks on Reconnecting Your Life, and it is about accessing deeper parts, different aspects of you because as we access deeper aspects of ourselves, the healings that we receive and that we facilitate become more than just geometrically grander in all directions. And so, um, and if you want, I'm happy to share um, a section or two with your listeners. Oh, I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Okay, so here we go. Your heart is coming here to understand a deeper sense of your truth. You need to recognize your heart is in the space that is allowing you to illustrate your greater beings. Your feelings now are being carried through on a different plane, and your energy exists 
in this sphere of influence that is central to your understanding of a different sphere of influence. There's a lot that needs to be said in various ways. We understand ourselves in a limited fashion, and we need to carry this understanding as a life process. It is the unveiling of a multifaceted force within our life. We need to peel away the exterior so that that internal being shines through to those we come into contact with. This eternal soul that resides within our framework is being covered up in many ways by our fears and apprehensions. And in your work, that is what you need to do. You need to unveil your soul. It is not a simple process. And the stripping away of ego is an eternal process. This selflessness that must shine through the being that can reach in without interference. Once that pure force shines through without it being refracted by various mindsets, it will flow in a more direct manner. Once you allow your soul, that egoless purity, to come through, that is almost a common denominator in that it has the ability to automatically fuse with the frequency of the person you're coming into contact with. So your job in this process is to strip away the defense, strip away the mind, strip away the control mechanisms and the techniques that you have in this plane. Let them go. Let them be a part of an exterior that has nothing to do with you and present that soul in the room. It will automatically do the work. That energy is the common universal language of the cosmos. It is understood immediately and is felt intrinsically. That is amazing. You should read that at the beginning of uh, all of your classes. I mean, that's incredible. Well, uh, thank I'm you. Not... I, I, I hope it's the consciousness that people want to tune into and access. Well, what time are you you're going to be here June in Sacramento? You're going to be here from the 21st to the 23rd. Is that right? Uh, Sacramento, right. It will be Friday night, June 21st, where um, everyone can attend for three hours. We do the presentations. We let you feel this in your hands. We demonstrate the healings. And then we're teaching all day that Saturday and Sunday, June 22nd and June 23rd. Where do people go to sign up? Where can they go? What's your, what's your web address, Doc? The web, well, it's just like the book. The book title is The Reconnection, Heal Others, Heal Yourself. And the website is TheReconnection.com. You have to include the word the, so TheReconnection.com. There's a schedule all around the world, England, South Africa, all of our schedules um, that I'm, all of the seminars that I do, you can find the schedule right there. And you can register in the Internet or you can obviously call and get the number from the Internet and register that way if you like. Fantastic. Well, last question, Doc, uh, and, and that is, uh, what what shift has happened in your life where you uh, were once just uh, uh, a, a chiropractor, I'm sure a great chiropractor, uh, now you are a, a world-renowned uh, healer uh, and celebrity. How have you adopted to the? Uh, how have you adapted to these changes uh, of, of having such a bigger life? You know. I don't view it that way. Um, I really don't see these changes. I mean, I hear this all the time, so I know that that's how it's viewed from the outside. But, I mean, you know, I still leave my office at night and drive home and decide where I'm going to pick up a little take-home food. I, you know, like to watch a movie <laughs> or sometimes veg out with television. I love 
going to dinner with friends and having a few margaritas and telling some off-color jokes. Nothing really that much <laughs> changed outside of the fact that I observe more. I've learned to observe to a much greater degree without judgment, to witness without needing to direct the, the end result, including the end result of a healing, but to allow the perfect divine intelligence of God, of love, of the universe, take the word you're happiest with, and allowing that to orchestrate the healings and, as I grow, allowing that to orchestrate the events in my life, knowing that there is a perfection involved, that there's a reason for everything, and everything makes perfect sense whether or not we allow ourselves to truly be able to see it. Mm, I like that. I like that. Dr. Eric Pearl, you are just that. You are a pearl. Thank you for showing up in, in, in our lives in this era and this time and place because you are so, so needed. Well, thank you for that. I, I, it's, it's my pleasure to be here. And we have to realize that we are each needed. We are equally valuable puzzle pieces in the jigsaw puzzle of the universe. And if any mm. one of us doesn't step into our role we lose the integrity of the greater whole. So, you know, when we put someone up on a pedestal or a grand positioning, um, we might not really be allowing ourselves to see how important we are. Take a look back throughout your day and say, what little thing might I have done today? What smile might I have given? What advice might, what words that may have changed someone else's perspective on something that they brought home and changed something else in their immediate circle? And begin to look at the ripple effects that occur simply because you are here participating in life. Oh, I love that. I love that. That is incredible. I'm going to put you on the spot, and I'm going to ask you, I want you to come back on the show. Uh, anytime you have something to talk about, anytime you with your next book that's coming out or whatever you're doing, I would just love to have you come back on the show. Maybe we can take some live calls and, and uh, help bring this message to everyone on the planet. I would love to do that. I'm always open to live calls. I'm happy to talk about the new book or to talk about Reconnective Healing, you know, anytime you want. I mean, I assume you're in touch with Jackie who books the program. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Good, Good friend. Yeah. Good Thank friend. You. And uh, I'm looking forward to meeting you and hopefully we'll get a, a chance to have some dinner and have uh, uh, some more uh, chit-chat time. I would love it. All right, my friend. Dr. Eric Pearl. Uh, TheReconnection.com, TheReconnection.com, uh, register now. Uh, four spots, uh, four places in um, uh, America for this year. And uh, I look forward to talking to you soon, my friend. Okay, my pleasure. All right, take care. <laughs> 